Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 174, Bag of Chips. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number 27 from Chris Pearson. The message is 45 seconds long and comes from the spring of 1990. Here we go. Hey, Paul. This is Chris calling you. I'm eating a bag of chips right now, but I figure I've known you long enough so that I don't have to stop chewing. I'm just keep talking. How about tomorrow night for dinner? Um, sorry, I haven't been able to get back to you. Nobody you tried to call me, but my phone was unplugged. But um, give me a call if you'd like. Um, tomorrow night I'll drive down there maybe around 6, 6.30, or maybe the next day. See you later. Bye. So it sounds like we're catching up. What? But now what's your take on this eating chips? I never really liked chips that much, but I, I I know that I lived really frugally. I think it was just cheap. You know, I think I like barbecue chips and they're probably Utz or some sort of a cheap brand. And that was probably it. You know, I ate a lot of Donald Duck's Italian sausages you remember from the song and chips probably go pretty well with those. Now here's the question. I also thought of when was the first time you got a cat? Jimmy and Gary gave me Kevin. That was my first cat. It's when I was living in that building on Bishop street, my dad and sister are allergic to, to fur. So we never, no animals we ever had in the house were fish. Like I, I just wasn't really familiar with cats and, you know, Jimmy was a big cat guy. He always had cats and someone had given him this little kitten called Kevin and they gave it to me. And I was just so confused. I'm like, well, well where's he going to sleep? Do I've got to like, does he get his own room? Do I have to make him a little bed? Like I just do not like, like now, you, you know, I've got three cats and I take care of feral cats, you know, like I'm, I'm the cat guy now. But uh, when I got Kevin, I was really knew nothing about him. Um, and we were a team. Like the song says, my floor is always fuzzy because he's always shedding. I've got a cat. His name is Kevin. My motor's humming because his engine's revving. And when I hear him purring, I'm in heaven. My floor is always fuzzy because he's always shedding. So do you have any other stories about Kevin? We were really just like roommates. Like, I, I know I, I like, you know, I loved Kevin. I still look at photographs of him sometimes. But I don't think my relationship with him was that much like my relationship with my cats now, you know, like we really just coexisted. Um, he would, he, when I lived on Fry street, he'd go in and out, he'd go outside and I'd sometimes see him a few blocks from my house. And then he'd sort of pretend to ignore me. I'd see him in an alleyway or something. He'd see me and then run. Like he didn't want to like be associated with me on the street, but then it, you know, he'd go back and at home, everything was cool. Uh, so you got Kevin when you were living on what apartment? I was living on Bishop Street in Ukrainian Village. I lived on the third floor. That's where I met Jimmy and Gary. Was this the building? I have this vague memory, uh, an apartment you had where 
you had like plastic up to to keep the heat in. Yeah, yeah, that you know, I, I, I'm not proud of this. Um, I, I lived there. I remember the rent was 195, and I found it through the reader, and I lived there. I don't remember how long, about a year or something like that. But I stopped paying rent. I never knew my landlords. I don't remember how I paid rent. I think I had to mail a check for one ninety five, and I just stopped doing it. And at one point, I think they like there were problems with the plumbing and the heating, right? So I, I do know that that I would I should try and keep one area warmer. I, I did plastic off part of the apartment. It was a two bed. It was not a small place, but I was almost became like a squatting type of situation. And I lived like that for a winter. And then I'll, I'll never forget one day, these two women showed up there and I guess it was their place. And they were these absentee landlords and they, they were mad. They were mad. It was like that. And I hadn't been paying. And there was, Gary had given me this statue of Groucho Marx. You know, you know, you see those statues. It could be the Three Stooges. They're maybe about 18 inches tall or something like that. Uh, they're, they're not like little tiny figurines. They're like these statues that you'll see. You'll see them in bars or people's dens or something like that. I had this Groucho Marx statue and one of the women grabbed Groucho and hit the door and made a big hole in it. He said, I want you out of here by tomorrow. And at that point, Jimmy and Gary, who had given me Kevin, had moved to a place about six blocks away and they let me move in with them. I moved into their, there was a garage in the back and I moved into the, I'm like, right away, I had to get out. So Kevin and I, we just we moved over to Jimmy and Gary's and that was it. The Jimmy and Gary that gave Chris his first cat were Jimmy Wilnewick and Gary Hayes. I discussed Gary in a previous episode when I described going with Chris and him to the legendary Minneapolis bar, the Gay 90s. But I remember meeting both Gary and Jimmy initially in Chicago. As I recall, they were living in a converted storefront on West Grand, decorated with the most extraordinary collection of toys and kitschy art I had ever seen. So it makes total sense that they would have given Chris the miniature statue of Groucho Marx used by his landlady to smash the front door. The manufacturer of this statue was probably Esco Products, a Brooklyn-based company that began making 18-inch figurines of celebrities in 1959. According to a 1987 interview with Esco Products president Alan Molomet in Billboard magazine, the statues initially were sold to luggage, tobacco, and gift boutiques. But Video stores, which were expanding rapidly in the 1980s, were proving to be an ideal location for their sales. Fans of a particular movie star, like W.C. Fields or Humphrey Bogart, might go into a video store to buy a classic film, notice a statue, and take it home for around 40 bucks. Malamet introduced new figures about every six months, 
while others would be phased out. In 1989, a woman who had purchased three of the four Beatles wrote into Bonnie Lampfowler's troubleshooter column in the Tampa Tribune to ask how she could complete her collection. She was disappointed to learn that the company had discontinued the Fab Four ten years earlier. ASCO products went out of business sometime in the 1990s, and today one can find ESCO statues on the web priced from $25 to $1,000. I saw one Groucho Marx statue on eBay for $105, and another that appeared to be in worse condition for $450. Since they were made of inexpensive chalkware, many of them became chipped in various locations. But they were also heavy, weighing around 8 pounds, which could do some serious damage to a wood door. If you want to add a statue of me to your collection, go to my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. The interview was edited this week by Chris's niece, Sadie Levin. Many thanks to her and to Chris for his feline fable. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week.